this is out of bounds. This is Out of Bounds, your weekly spot for the weird, wild, and wacky in sports. That's me, O'Brien. I'm John Alba. It is another day here, the first Out of Bounds of March. If I'm not this is March, this in the is- words of fellow Ithaca College bomber John Rothstein. Had to dry. You, how quick were we? We are like seven seconds into the show, and you got an Ithaca reference in. I'm also going to say Iowa, just so we get that one out of the way too. Yes. Oh Drink, God. everyone. Uh, well, we'll be doing that here on Out of Bounds as we do every single week with our opening toast momentarily. But Mia, how are you? What's the what's the latest up in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, up in my neck of the woods, uh, I've been dealing with for whatever the reason. I keep getting nosebleeds. Um, so mm. maybe as I'm looking over at my desk here. Uh, maybe I should be bringing back the red nose that we had on Halloween. Maybe that'll pinch my nose, like you were suggesting during the pre-show meeting. I don't. I don't think that that's gonna be all that helpful. In it. It's in red, my... so at least it'll like you know it's the same color as the blood. I think it might make it worse. Truth. Have you seen but... Mean Girls, John? Of course, I've seen Mean Girls. Uh, how about She's the Man? I have seen She's the Man. What are your ta- takes on if I put a tampon up my nose to stop the nosebleed? Um, wouldn't do it on air. Uh, the sake of your career wouldn't do it on air just just my advice but i'm not a woman so who am i to say you do you i'm just looking out for you but anyway i'm glad to see that you're here at least as yes. we have a fun show of out of boundary to talk about here where you were you traveling this weekend uh no i was actually in jacksonville for the first time in like a month plus which was very nice um well i guess i was last week too but i had the fam in town uh no this weekend uh ran a lot of errands did go to st augustine but that's you know 25 minutes down the road so can't complain good weekend of course and this was going to be my opening toast so we can we can dive right into it john um it is players championship week here in jacksonville florida jacksonville fla one of these days, we need to get you to the Players' Championship, John. Not for the debauchery on Hole 17. Not for the amazing food. But because of the Media Center coffee. I know you don't drink coffee. Drink coffee so. I know you don't. I was informed today that the very nice, um, I believe he's from Bolivia, man who makes our coffee is on vacation. So he's not going to be the barista this week. And I'm a little concerned, but we have a local company in Jack's who's going to be handling it. But one of these days, I would like to share a hot chocolate because I do hot chocolate. Okay. And you drink hot chocolate with you soon. Uh, at some point in our future, we've gotten to share many a food and beverage at Daytona 500 mm-hmm. at the NCAA tournament. And so may the to the next day that we reunite at a sporting event but until then this is out of bounds sounds good to me here we go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also now that i'm thinking about it i got a ton of free alcohol at the players preview party i should have been breaking that in but uh weighed in this morning at the gym wasn't exactly what i was hoping for maybe some of you out there are feeling the same you can leave a super chat leave a comment we appreciate those here at kyn and uh yeah so we're back on the kombucha grind we're gonna be ready okay. and detox. For Players Week and all the steps I'm going to get. Yeah, as Mia said, KYNchat.com is your place to go for that. Or if you're just watching on YouTube, you leave that super chat and we will read your comment on air. We always love a little good interaction here. feels weird. It's like still kind of light outside. So we're getting back into that time of the year, which means we'll be changing the clocks real soon here. Is it this weekend or next weekend? 
Uh, I, I think it's this weekend. You think I'm on top of that stuff? Come on. I don't know. Uh, March 12th. Yeah, this, this there is. There you go. It is this weekend. This is the last one before we turn the clock. So, okay. So, get ready here, folks. Uh, things are, business is about to pick up. Speaking of business picking up. Let's do it. The quarterback carousel continues to spin, folks. Derek Carr is now officially on his way to the New Orleans Saints. $100 million in guaranteed money, a four-year, $150 million contract. It takes one prominent quarterback off the board, John. But he was also the target of a team that's at least close geographically to where we are both from, that being the New York football Jets. It essentially, by not signing Carr, means that they are banking on Aaron Rodgers coming to New York. Or maybe they end up with Jimmy G. Maybe. But if I could bring back to the table, um, to the discussion, uh, when I was up in New Jersey, when I saw you for Christmas, driving back from the Jaguars-Jets game, I will never forget as long as I live, all the Jets fans calling into into WFAN radio and insisting that we don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't want Derek Carr. We're going to get Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. John? Is banking on one or the other worth the risk? They could have signed Derek Carr. They did tell him that if he came to New York, he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. What do they you did, make of the Jets quarterback they situation? They did tell him that. And I find it very fascinating because the reports, even just as of yesterday, I believe, were that he was leaning towards the Jets. So I'm very curious as to what happened in these last 24 hours that swayed him down south to the bayou and the Superdome in New Orleans. Maybe it's the fact that he's hands down the best quarterback in the NFC uh, South right now coming out of that. Maybe that's one of the big appealing elements. And listen, the Saints, they, they have pieces. They can be good. So maybe the path through the NFC was a little more appealing rather than having to go through the Bills in the AFC. But I'll tell you what, Mia, this is certainly one of those situations that has red flag written all over it for the Jets where you're banking on someone coming through and something happening. And it's not just someone, John. It's the most mercurial figure in the National it's what, Football Right, League. exactly. That's a good word. It's it's definitely... I learned it in Romeo and Juliet in the ninth grade English, but continue. <laughs> it's definitely a, a guy who is at best wishwashy with his uh, personal life. So when you add that into the fact that he'd have to head to the New York City tabloids and you're banking on that, it's it's a lot to ask for. And Lamar, too, there are people who believe that Lamar is potentially on a decline because of his injuries. It's asking for a lot. I think Derek Carr was probably a safer answer for the Jets, but very rarely do New York sports teams go safe when the media is putting the pressure on, and it seems like the Jets are taking a swing. I'll tell you what, me, I saw on Twitter just before we started this, someone just posted a – it was like an NFL, like a Madden make a player, and they put Carson Wentz in a Jets jersey. And I, it I would almost... be fitting because then they say, well, no, because if they if they go out and they get Carson Wentz, that is saying that we believe Nate Hackett can fix Zach Wilson, and Carson Wentz is just the stopgap until Zach Wilson is fixed, um, which Nate Hackett couldn't make Russell Wilson good. Um, so I, I don't really – that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah, but there's also we'll the see how it pays off. I mean, he's he's done he has a track record with a quarterback, specifically does Nate Hackett. And and that's again another one of the appealing elements of 
Aaron Rodgers potentially coming to the Jets, but there's also logistical hurdles that need to be cleared with that in terms of actually making an acquisition like that happen. This was the Jets' easiest path to getting a named quarterback, and for whatever reason, whether they pass on it, he passed on it, it has not come to pass. And I'll tell you, Mia, I think the Jets right now, more so than most teams in the NFL, they have talent where mm-hmm. I think that they could win some games with a real quarterback. Oh, they, they are the definition of a quarterback away. You have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. The defense is loaded. They hit on basically everybody in the draft. Um, you, you got Brees Hall, the running back, coming back off of a torn ACL. He was on pace to win Offensive Rookie of the Year honors before Garrett Wilson took it home. Um, listen, th- like, we used to, like, 2018 here in Jacksonville, they kept saying, once they realized that after giving Blake Bortles this massive contract, um, that that probably wasn't the most economic or um, smart decision. The conversation was, we're a quarterback away, and that is why Tom Coughlin went out and he gave 70-plus million to Nick Foles, because we are a quarterback away. Um 2018 and 2019 proved, uh, and especially after Nick Foles broke his clavicle on the 12th play of the season, that they were not a quarterback away. The Jets, I believe, truly are, and that's why the fact that the malpractice that's occurring right now is going on at the quarterback position in New York, um, I, I just feel like I'm watching deja, it's deja vu. I'm watching history repeat itself, but in an even worse fashion. Um, but my question for you, John. malpractice, though, Mia? Is it malpractice? Yeah, like you drafted when, a quarterback I, number two well, overall. Oh, no, oh, oh, I thought you were talking about the uh, the free agent situation. Oh no, 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 I, no, no. I, I think that they just got got. Um, the yeah. Saints were the first team that Derek Carr met with. Dennis Allen was the head coach of the Raiders when Derek Carr was drafted by Oakland, then Oakland, now Las Vegas. Um, so yeah, no, I, I don't think it's necessarily the way they're going about the practice of adding the quarterback, but I think overall, thirty thousand foot view, you draft a quarterback number two overall. You're already looking for his replacement three years later in the form of a veteran. But then there's, of course, also Jets fans who say, if you're not going to do Aaron Rodgers or Lamar, then we'll just bring back Mike White and Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. Which that is malpractice because you're in your window and you're not capitalizing on it. That I understand. That I totally understand. I'll ask you this, though, John, real mm -hmm. quick before we segue to another topic in the National Football League. If you're Jimmy G... And let's say Aaron Rodgers either goes to Las Vegas or he goes back to Green Bay. If you're Jimmy G and the Jets haven't even called, their fans say, meh, he's a backup. Would you even take the call? Because that would probably be the third call. Jimmy G would definitely come under a lot of limelight in uh, the New York City media. He would be an easy target for sure. He has already, uh, he's withstood Boston media. Yeah, but I still think it's different. And he wasn't, he was only the starter for one season there. And and it wasn't even for a full season. He was only there for a period of time as the starter. So I, I'm not putting too much on that. It's a little different when you're the starting quarterback for the New York Jets, a franchise that is plagued with underwhelming achievement. And if you are, as you alluded to, you're a team that, you feel you're a quarterback away and the quarterback doesn't perform, well, then all of a sudden you're going to start feeling that pressure. You're going to start having to rely game to game on, uh, do I make it through this week without my head getting chopped off by uh, the media, the fans? It's a totally different situation than what most other franchises deal with. That's just reality. I hate to say it like that, but it is reality. 
What if I told you, John, the Jets weren't the only team that plays at MetLife Stadium facing this crisis? No, they're not. And I'll get to the same, but I just want to make one more real quick point here, Mia. Aaron Rodgers, say you mentioned the Raiders, the Jets. I want to throw this hypothetical out there before we move on. What if, hypothetically speaking, Jimmy G is gone from San Francisco, which seems like he will be. Trey Lance, they're not sure it's going to be the guy. Purdy, he's not going to be the guy. What if all yes. these years later, after yes. San Francisco passed on Aaron Rodgers yes. in the draft, when they had to pick between him and Alex Smith, and they picked Alex Smith. And he and Aaron Rodgers has made backhanded comments for almost 20 years. What if Aaron Rodgers ended up quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, who actually might be a quarterback away? Give them the Lombardi. Give them the Lombardi now. Well, not only are they quarterback away, they have the quarterback whisperer, the real one, with all due respect to some colleagues of mine, um, the real quarterback whisperer and Kyle Shanahan, who was about to have to make Christian McCaffrey play quarterback in a playoff game and probably could have done it because Kyle Shanahan is a wizard. So, yes, I would be here for that. Um, NFC, so, you know, it, it, it's it's California. It's mm-hmm. it's right by Cal Berkeley where Aaron Rodgers went to school. Probably got some buddies who he can smoke uh, ayahuasca with out there. All happy smiles. I'm just saying. California taxes. Enjoy, Aaron. I'm just saying it, it would be fairly interesting. But another situation, as you alluded to, at MetLife Stadium, uh, this guy, DJ, Daniel Jones. Uh, your top 10 quarterback in the National Football League. Again, I, I think that he he very well may be a top 10 quarterback. The the issue that has been at hand here is that he reportedly wants $45 million. The franchise tag deadline is tomorrow. And him and the Giants have been at a little bit of an impasse. But they've been discussing week in and week out here, especially over the last week after Aaron Rodgers changed uh, representation from his agency, or uh, Daniel Jones, rather, Um This is going to be a really unique situation, Mia, because when you look at Daniel Jones, a lot of people say, oh, $45 million a year, don't see it coming off one good year. Well, here's where I look at this, Mia, and I'm going to pose you on it. Uh, You know, I feel like we've reached a point where there's just no going back on quarterback value. Like, this, this is the standard from now on. You are the piece, and you are to be expected to get paid as long as you are productive. And there's no doubting that Daniel Jones was a productive NFL player last year. So I'll ask you on that. Uh, is there any turning back here with NFL quarterbacks? Um, in terms of, you mean the rising value? Financially. Financially. No, no the two bases out of the tube. We talked, exactly. about this on, we talked about this on XL Primetime last week. Uh, one of my co-hosts, Leon Searcy, former All-Pro right tackle. And, you know, he said that when people have suggested that here in Jacksonville locally – that Trevor Lawrence looks at Tom Brady and how he never was the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League because he was worried about the rest of the team and keeping the core together and making it work financially for the Patriots. And Trevor wants to do that in Jacksonville. And Leon said, that's great that Trevor wants to do it, but I can guarantee you his agent doesn't. And moreover, the powers that be will not let quarterbacks take less money because this is the market value and – this is where it's got to go next, and then it's got to go here, and then it's got to go there. Um, just because then it helps the entire collective of quarterbacks out. Well, it's also raising the cap, too, for everyone around them involved. I, I just want to point at this. I don't like fans coming down on Daniel Jones here for feeling like he deserves $45 million because, uh, first off, the, the first damn break was with Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott. 
Dak Prescott missed time last year and still led the league in interceptions for starting quarterbacks. So I think that that should give some indication that perhaps there was a little bit of overvaluing going on. And then look what the Cleveland Browns did with Deshaun Watson coming off of everything that he came off of. And so far, that's looking like a deal that uh, is going to blow up in the face. And look what the Broncos did for a quarterback who was, you could have made the argument, was in regression. Correct. So for Daniel Jones at 25 years old, to want to leverage a season where he was a great quarterback this past year, where he wants to leverage that into getting paid in a sport that is so unforgiving and your career can end like that. And even if it doesn't, you're potentially dealing with long-term effects for many, many years to come. Man, get that bag. And this is how it's going to be to stay me. And I think it's as simple as that. Can I give you some breaking news? Go ahead. Geno Smith has now agreed to a long-term deal, multi-year deal, I should say. Good for Gino. Seattle Seahawks. Did he get paid? Three years, $105 million. Look at that. 32 years old. Don't call it a comeback, folks. Good. And he deserves it. And they beat the franchise tag deadline tomorrow. There were a lot of people at the NFL Combine last week speculating that they would use the tag because the Seahawks have been really doing their homework on this year's quarterback class. And then would they try to draft a quarterback and Gino would just be a bridge. And then he would basically be getting a slap backhand, a backhanded slap for the 18th millionth time. Um, but it appears, no, the Seahawks went out and they paid Gino. So it's three years, 105 million. I don't have the exact breakdown. I don't think it's been released yet as to how much he will be paid each year. But the question then becomes, John, if Gino is getting paid at 32 with a three-year contract, Daniel Jones can go back to the Giants and ask yeah. for even more money. Yeah, and, and look, 45, I know it seems like a lot on the surface, but that's a number that's going to get surpassed in the coming years. It's just how it's going to be. He is a multifaceted player. He showed the promise early in his career. He then had the neck injury, and there were some other things with the coaching staff. I, I think this guy proved last year that he is – versatile enough of a player that you can win with him and I've said that point many times here even if he didn't show up in the playoff game the whole team didn't show up in the playoff game and I'm not going to base the entire contract around that I just think Mia at the end of the day this is the standard now this is the expectation if you have someone who you want to be your franchise quarterback you need to be expected to pay them you see it across every sport I mean the NBA has slots in the cap specifically for this where you have a superstar on your team. You're going to be expected to pay them superstar money. That's just how it works. That's what the quarterback position is in the NFL. Geno Smith, by the way, will make $52 million in the first year of that well, yeah. $105 million contract. Good, Good for him. him. Good for Geno. Because guess what? So 52 with 105, I'm sure there's some guarantees there. That means it's front-loaded, which also mm-hmm. suggests that they still could draft a rookie quarterback. Sure. John, and then, you know, pave the way and maybe they void the third year of that contract if ultimately they're sure. ready for that young gun to step in, which who could that young gun potentially be? Well, it could be Anthony Richardson, uh, potentially here. Mia. There is a chance. There is a chance. Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback from the city of Gainesville, born and raised. He can jump higher than anyone in NFL combine history. He posted not one, but two combine records for the quarterback position a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical jump, a 10-foot-9-inch broad jump, both quarterback records. He then ran a blistering 4-4-3 40-yard dash. I believe that's fourth all-time. People now believe that Anthony Richardson, someone who barely had a 55% completion percentage in college, 
could be the number one overall pick. Yeah, John, is your tape your resume, or should the combine performance outweigh all other indicators? I'll tell you, his I think his odds went up to plus three hundred to be the number one overall pick, and it was a steady climb all last week before they even got to. I Indiana. think he entered the combine at like plus fifteen hundred, something like that, and he jumped all the way to plus three hundred after that. It's one of those situations where you know there are people like Jerry Jones, for example, who sees it, or your boy Jim Irsay, who sees a performance like this, and they're like, "Damn it, pal, I got to get in on that!" Right, like. They, they are so easily swayed by what they see. But at the same time. The underwear Olympics. But at, combine the same time, eye. at the same time, the eye test is worth something. It's worth something. No, he's I'm, a freak. There's like, the fact of the matter is, is that you don't see that every day. Hmm? You can't and, bank on Caleb Williams is going to put up similar numbers and he can throw better next year because you also can't bank on you're going to be in the position to draft Caleb Williams or some other quarterback down the line. And when, when I was seeing this stuff happen it actually made me think of uh, i remember reading a feature when daniel jones was drafted by dave gettleman and it was that dave gettleman dave gettleman wrote the story i'm just kidding he may as well have dave gettleman um he he liked daniel's play at duke but it wasn't until he saw him in person at the senior bowl that he was like oh my goodness we gotta get this guy and like i feel like there probably were some scouts or coaches that were at the combine that may have seen Anthony Richardson. And we're like, okay, now we got to seriously consider this guy. And that's coaching is the key there, right? You can take a great athlete. And as long as you have a great coach who can help develop them properly, then yeah, it's worth taking a risk on, on, I don't even want to say a risk. He's a great athlete, but it's, it's worth maybe pulling the trigger on something like that. But at the same time, I think we can agree the SEC is the closest to NFL play that you're going to find in college football. And uh, as you alluded to, it's not like Anthony Richardson lit things up this year. No, his career stat numbers. Uh, he appeared in 22 games. Uh, his only full year as a starter was this past season in which he had a 53.8 completion percentage through for 2,500 yards, 17 touchdowns. Oh, and nine interceptions. Um, so, yeah, there are going to be plenty of folks, John, who are going to make this a chicken or the egg question with Anthony Richardson if he is to succeed in the National Football League. Hell, before he even takes a snap, if he's to go number one or number two or number three overall, they will argue that this was Billy Napier in the system. How could you not develop this guy? I've already seen plenty of people, plenty of NFL draft pundits tweeting, if your GM or head coach can't develop Anthony Richardson, that's on them. And if I had to guess without breaking too much news, although I think it's kind of become um, public knowledge at this point, I think somebody reported it. um, Those pundits that are saying that got a hold of Anthony Richardson's cognitive scores and his testing scores and the fact that he wowed coaches on the grease board last week in Indianapolis. And there are people suggesting that he is this savant. And and that he can literally that, you know, the only reason he was struggling at Florida was because and this part I do believe and I've said this because I know Anthony. Um, I've gotten to know him since he was training with Denny Thompson at Six Points Academy uh, here in Jacksonville. Uh, And so obviously it's down the road where he's from in Gainesville. And Anthony's been training with Denny since he was in the ninth grade. And Anthony is definitely like a loyal kid. Like I've, I've experienced that. Like he's definitely like, yes, yes, sir. No, ma'am. Like that's who he is. And so if Billy Napier was to say, hey, don't do this, and then shoot him out once, he's not going to do it again. But 
it's an indictment on Florida if he really is good in the National Football say, too, Like It's the reality that the Gators just weren't very good this past year. Correct. There's also that. There's also that part of it, but that's a gamble, too. I will ask you this. Um, is there a likely landing spot for you uh, if we look at Tankathon, we see the NFL draft order. Is there a likely candidate for you besides my boy Jim Ursay? Because I uh, remember it. Shane Steichen's introductory presser. He said that Alabama quarterback looks good. So they may be trading up for Bryce Young. Uh, is there another quarterback, or excuse me, another team, or you could say Indianapolis, that you think would be a prime candidate to trade up for Anthony Richardson and bet the house on the high ceiling, low, well, uh, high ceiling, low floor? Again, it could be one of those situations, like you said, with Seattle, where mm-hmm. if Seattle really wanted to go out there, I mean, they're in posi- where the fifth overall pick, I think, yep. something like mm-hmm. that as of now. So if they believe that they've got a little bit of capital where they could move up and make that happen, then yeah, I, I think that's certainly a team that why not take the risk, bring in an athletic quarterback who will be the coach when Anthony Richardson makes it. That's maybe to be seen. Who knows if Pete Carroll will stick around that long, but how old is Pete Carroll? I think he's I'm in his seventies. I'm, I'm pretty sure. He's, I'm pretty sure he's in his seventies, late sixties. Yeah. He's 71. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Bruce Springsteen said he so who cares? Um, yes, but, and he look and he sounds and appears great. Bill Belichick yeah. is seventy two, by the way. Sure, but look, I mean, Detroit is a team that could very well and has two picks in the top twenty. Has two picks. I mean, Las Vegas is a team that could be. There are a lot of teams right there in in that top ten that need quarterbacks. That's just the reality. So I think you're talking about teams like Atlanta if they don't get Lamar. Uh, if you're talking about teams like Carolina, the, these are all teams that could benefit from taking a shot on Anthony Richardson. If you think you know where Anthony Richardson will go, please leave us a super <laughs> chat. Please do leave us a super Leave chat. a comment on YouTube. We love our comments. KYN super yes. chats. Tell them more, John. Yes. KYNchat.com is where you want to go and leave that chat. We'll read it on air. Or if you just want to leave the YouTube super chat, we'll get those highlighted for you all as well we continue here on out of bounds we have a very heated debate that's going to end this show by the way so make sure you stick around for that i'm very excited to get into that uh but this this one's a a fascinating story here mia Uh, we're talking about merrimack probably the only time we'll ever talk about merrimack on out of bounds uh, unless they wow us with something else down the line Uh, they are in my old stomping ground the northeast conference the nec they're the number one seed in the NEC tournament this year in March Madness. But here's the problem, Mia. The school is still in the middle of transitioning and reclassifying from Division Two to Division One, And therefore, Merrimack is ineligible for the NCAA tournament. But because of an announcement made last year, Merrimack can still participate in the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. So here's the problem. They're the number one seed. They won the regular season title, but since they can't win the conference championship title, now it then came down to St. Francis and Fairleigh Dickinson, the number two versus number three. Well, Fairleigh Dickinson won, so Fairleigh Dickinson as the number two seed will play Merrimack in the conference championship game, but has already clinched the conference championship. Yes, the NCAA already posted the picture that they've already punched their ticket. Does your brain hurt after hearing all of that, number one? And two, what what do you make of this? I I think it's ridiculous that a Mm -hmm. team is able to play in a conference championship but not be able to win the championship. 
the only reason that it doesn't hurt my brain is because we went through the same thing in the ASUN conference last year. Um, so it was even wackier last year in the ASUN conference. So Bellarmine was a transitioning program at the time. The number one, reg- the number one overall seed in the regular season champion there was actually a tie. It was between Jacksonville State out of Alabama and somebody else. Um, the first team, I believe, got knocked off in the first round of the conference tournament. So goodbye. They're done. Jacksonville State made it to the semifinals, but got beat by Jacksonville University. So Jacksonville University played Bellarmine in the championship and lost. And yet Fuck. somehow, some way, it automatically, the automatic bid went to the regular season champion, which was Jacksonville State, even though they had gotten beat by JU. Interesting. I know. So I, so I like this a little more than that because yeah. – this is That's why least, I hear this, and I'm like, yeah, this more this, this BS of number two transitioning seat, but- program. Like, if you're in D1 and you're good enough to be the number one seed in On the your- conference tournament, yeah. you're probably – I mean, let's be real. I mean, out of the Northeast Conference, like, how many teams have advanced beyond, you know, the first four, let alone into the round of 32 in the last 30 years? Very few. I think Fairleigh Dickinson did just last year, didn't they? No, I think yeah they may have won their they may have won their first four game. Yeah, they won the first four game. Yeah, yeah but they didn't get to the round of thirty two. Outside, out, listen, outside of the Peacocks and St. Peter's Robert, last year, Robert Morris did it. A few Robert years Morris back. did. Yes, a few yes. Years back. Was that against Villanova? Like, when I say a few. No, years, um, no, it wasn't Duke. That was Lehigh. I forgot who it was, but yes, they did. Um, no, it was Michigan State. I think. But it was Michigan State. State. But the point is, the is that. Tour. It's the, yes, this, this automatic bid crap, like when you're a transitioning program and if you're good enough to win the conference, it's one thing if you're like the nine seed and you're a transitioning program and you catch lightning in a bottle over five days. And I understand this is why we have these blanket rules because it's too hard to go case by case. But if you're the number one seed, like if you, let's say like, okay, you're a transitioning program, but you're one, two, three or four and you're hosting a round of your conference tournament. In my estimation, that deems you're probably good enough to win the tournament. And, like, also, why are we penalizing schools for moving up? Right. Like, Merrimack is playing it, more difficult. To be a, right. It's supposed to be a, a, a safe, a rail, rail guard, safe I, I guard. I get that, to, like, make yeah. it easier to transition in, but, like, they're winning against better opponents than what they were facing. Exactly. If this is really supposed to protect them, then don't let them play in the conference tournament. I agree 100%. Uh, I mean, the NEC, from covering it for several years, the NEC is is, is a fairly, uh, what's the right word, fluid conference. Uh, there's a little tomfoolery year to year that would always happen in the NEC. But uh, you would find talent out of it. Some, some talent would find their way out of it. And uh, it's kind of cool to see. I mean, Merrimack succeed at this level, but your, your heart goes out to them as student athletes. Like they fight for this opportunity and they were good enough to win. And right. Like, it's not like, and I mean, this is the most respectful this way. This hasn't even happened yet, right? The Merrimack fairly Dickens. I think it's tonight. No, it hasn't. Ha- it hasn't happened yet. No. But, but fairly Dickinson's already in the tournament. But fairly Dickens already. in. So I, I, I mean this in the least insulting way to any other sport, but like, you're not just talking about missing out on NCAA tournament. You're talking about missing out on the show. You know, the NCAA men's basketball tournament is the show, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is the show of shows. 
and to be good enough to make it but not be able to play in it that just sucks and that's something that a lot of those guys on that team are gonna have to live with for the rest of their lives that they missed out on that opportunity right and that's why even like you look at Bellerman. So again, they were a transitioning program last year. I believe this year they are still, or maybe not. I don't know. I, th- I actually think this year it would have been, if they made it, they would have been allowed. Um, there's some other things that is a transitioning program because they transitioned in 2020 that they couldn't or could not do. Um, but like, just imagine those guys that they had the opportunity to go last year, but they ran it back with most of the same guys. They have two guys who are six-year seniors. And then they got beat. Kennesaw State won the ASUN conference this year. So you come back and you say, all right, well, now we can finally qualify. And this time you don't. Uh, well, sending Fairleigh Dickinson the pride of New Jersey all the best. They just want those media ratings. They want those North Jersey media ratings. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, speaking of media ratings in the New York City market, um, I don't know what the Brooklyn Nets are right now. Our, our good friend, They're Ian booty. Eagle. Yeah, I know they're booty, so I don't want to know what you know how many people are tuning into our good buddy Ian Eagle. Thankfully, he has the NCAA tournament coming up. Um, but speaking of the Nets, now former Net Kevin Durant, now with the Phoenix Suns, still weird. Picked up a four point win yesterday over the Dallas Mavericks in Durant's first game. Wait for it against former Net Kyrie Irving, who now plays for Dallas. It was reported that Durant and Irving completely avoided each other in the post game pleasantries. John, is the Durant-Irving experiment the biggest team-up team fail, the biggest super team fail in sports history? I think it's got to be. I really think it is. And the fact that these guys were so buddy-buddy coming into this, and we see in this game yesterday, which was a fantastic basketball game, if you, if you didn't catch it, Luka Doncic had a chance to win this thing for the Mavericks, and he missed an open pull-up, which is unfathomable yes. for sidebar me. just listened to a great bit with fran Fraschella, the king of the big 12 conference in college basketball and he was talking about how bringing in more international talent a program uh, or program a topic we've talked about on out of bounds before how great that's been for the nba and he goes except for luca he's probably the best player in the game but he looks like an american kid because he can't hit jump shots mm. this wasn't even a jump shot i mean this was like this is like maybe five six feet away and he just missed it but He's from uh, America. And then Devin Booker and him got in a quarrel. But man, what a what a sight that Kyrie and and Kevin Durant after everything that happened. And Kyrie, you know, first there was the mental health stuff that he sat out for. Then there were the Black Lives Matter stuff that he sat out for. And then there was the anti-vax stuff that he sat out for. And how many then games the, did he actually play as a net? How many games did Kyrie up. play as a net? If you'd like yeah. to pull it up quickly. I think the I'm bigger question out. is how many games did they play together with the Nets? That's no, I think that that's only like 20 or it's, something. It's, no, it's more than 20, but it's not a lot. And uh, th- with with Harden, it was less than 20, all three of them. So Kyrie, dang, he really has been in Brooklyn longer than I thought. 2019-2020, he played in 20 games. 2021, which was the year that he only played the home game or the away games, 54. 29 last year, and then 40. No, last year trading. Last year was the year that he only played the home game, or he only played the away games. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that was 49. More yeah. than I anticipated. So um, so put all these things together here. Kevin Durant is maybe the best basketball player pound for pound on the planet. And the fact 
that these guys won one playoff series together and now they can't stand each other. This is so easily, in my mind, the biggest fail for a super team ever. I mean, what say you? How do we not see it coming is what I want to know. I mean, Kyrie was a problem in Boston. The only reason he finally got corralled in Cleveland was because LeBron was like, here's what we're doing, fall in line or else. Um, And ultimately he left because he wanted to be the guy somewhere else because LeBron was the guy in Cleveland. Um, And he was dramatic his first few years in Brooklyn. So it really shouldn't be a surprise that this is the point we've come to. I think it came down to the fact that like the Nets acquiesced on everything for these two guys. They fired Mm -hmm. Kenny Atkinson, who was one of the most popular coaches in the league, to bring in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. The camp counselor. Right. I love Steve Nash as a player, by the way, but the camp counselor. Right. So they could be the coaches. They trade Jarrett Allen, a future Mm all-star, to acquire James Harden, who they played. Who also created even more drama. Honestly, I don't even put the hard drama on on as much as I I think the Nets totally bent for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, specifically Kyrie Irving here. And, um, you know, you trade your entire future. You trade all your picks to bring in Kevin to bring in James Harden to play 19 games together as a unit. Uh, This to me, there's just nothing that even comes close to this across any sports. I mean, can you think of any that come close to this? We were talking about this on my show a couple weeks ago. Um, like you could suggest the Yankees and Cowboys teams in like the 2000, like the Kevin Brown, Carl Pavano failed experiments, but those guys weren't the names that Kyrie and Durant are, but like you could suggest that where like ownership was so win now, throw money, throw whatever it takes to get players. Yeah, but at least least that team you're talking about, oh, four Yankees, they at least they made the. Uh, ALCS. ALCS, and they were game away from the World Series. Right. Well, how about the Cowboys every year since 1996? I mean, it is, but it's hard to build a super team in the NFL with the yeah, way the cap is very structured. True. It's, it's, you can't really do that. This, to me, is just it's it's a massive fail, maybe only trailed by when the Nets tried to do it 10 years ago. Right. I was going to say that. I was going to say uh-huh. that because – but then obviously that set them back, and that was also a case of, I think, new ownership wanting to just, you know – get the hottest thing possible. I think it's it's just also a testament when you see Durant and Irving won't even talk after a game. And I'm not surprised they're divas. And Durant like dabbed up like Markeith Morris, who he was was teammates with for like a month. Maybe they like go to Cabo together. I'm just saying. I'll do another one though, because my producer, uh, shout out to JJ LaSelva came up with this one. And you're going to say, well, that's not a super team because you can't have one in college basketball. Um, but yes, you can, because there is such thing as recruiting and tampering, whether we admit it or not. Uh, Zion's Duke team, number one, number two, number three recruit in the country between him, RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish. And the entire world is looking yeah. at Zion and they only made the elite. But, but you also knew that that was going to be a one year thing. This was not supposed to be a one year thing with That's the Nets. True. I mean, if you're like really in micro with it, you could even argue like Carl Towns, uh, Kentucky teams mm-hmm. I mean they were loaded too but yeah it, it, to me it, it's unquestionably the Nets all right we're gonna, we're gonna segue here Mia we're gonna talk about something that we don't typically talk about on this show mm. and that is pro wrestling but oh it's, it's something you talk about and some folks that know your news are fans of yes um associated with your your boy Tony Khan specifically of course uh and that's 
what you're about to see here. So this might look like a confusing picture, but this has been like the number one trending thing on the internet. Does he have water coming out of his wrist? I can't tell. That's not quite. So that's Maxwell Jacob Friedman right there, MJF. Uh, He is uh, one of the true bad guys of pro wrestling, maybe the baddest, Uh, literally living the gimmick, taking it everywhere he goes with him. Uh, Last night, AW had a pay-per-view. And he was in this match, and he went out into the crowd to kill some time to get the crowd to be angry at him. And he went up to this woman who had a cup. It looked like water. And uh, instead of, like, taking a sip out of it or anything, he takes the cup and he splashes the drink, which turned out to be tequila, on her son. And you can see the look on her face right there. Uh, It's mortified. Um, This was not planted this was not supposed to happen this is something that he did to try to get the crowd to be angry at him and to hate him uh this blew up on the internet and uh aw and tony khan specifically did go out of their way they brought the kid backstage they offered him a chance to meet some of the wrestlers they offered him tickets to future events but a lot of people thought that maxwell jacob freeman may have crossed a line here taking himself out of character and throwing this uh, liquid <laughs> this drink on a kid i mean what say you mia is it just a good way to get the crowd to hate you or he- i'm more so impressed that you're actually addressing him by his full name and not mjf well that's kind of his thing so yeah i know you're calling him his full name um i mean listen uh in the words of tony khan i am a fringe wrestling fan and i am someone that did cover olympic wrestling olympic style wrestling i should say extensively in the first few years of my broadcasting career um So I will reserve any comments about the sport of pro wrestling. But as you have long told me, John Alba, so much of it is staged. Um, This was taking it a step too far. Um, It's kind of like when you get the splash zone, but they didn't tell you you were going to get the splash zone. It's other sports, too. Like if an athlete were to do this in another sport, would it be crossing a line? Well, I mean, yeah. Hello, malice at the palace. Like, like, I mean, assault. He didn't, you know. Yeah, he didn't assault him, but like, I mean, look at how many, you know, um, I'm trying to think, give me another one of, no, that didn't work. I'm trying to think of another example. I feel like we talked about, um, the one where the cheerleader got into the fight on the floor in college basketball a few weeks ago. I thought, I thought we talked about that here on Out of Bounds. Maybe I talked about it on another program. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a thing where the, you know, the patron enters the field of play. And so it's fair game. This is the... You went into yes. the audience. Yeah. When you leave and when you cross the metaphorical threshold, um, you know, I mean, it's different in pro wrestling because if it's a show, depending on what you consider pro wrestling, if it's a show, then yes, interaction is part of Which the spectacle. If it's a sport, you tell me, if Kevin Durant was to go over and take a kid's, take, take a mother's glass of tequila and throw it at her kid... It'd be a big problem. It would be the story on yeah. every sports program. First take would run it for about five days straight at the very 100%. least. 100%. So. Yeah, my, my issue with it, um, and I like Max a lot, my, my issue with it was if you want to do this to an adult in the name of the show, like an adult can handle it, right? Like they might right. get Why angry. Why are you doing it to a kid? But when you, I think you do cross somewhat of a line when you're, it's an unsuspecting kid. That has no idea that's and it was alcohol too, which is that kind of elevates it too. I think that you do cross the line when it 
becomes a kid. And I'm all about like, hey, you're a bad guy. Like you watch a movie, you want to see that bad guy be a bad guy the whole way. And I'm I'm all about that. But I do think that he may have crossed a little bit of a line here. I I I'm old actually, was the kid? The kid looked like he was like maybe eight, nine years old, something mm-hmm. like that. Like I I'm actually surprised by the amount of mainstream coverage this has gotten. This has gotten a lot of mainstream coverages all over TMZ today. Um, it was on ESPN. It, it was a pretty big deal because I, I think it is that weird crossover of sports and entertainment coming together. I, I, I'm with you, though. I think just when it comes to a kid, Mia, you, you got to be more cognizant of that. Yeah. And I want to give AEW a lot of credit for doing the right thing and bringing the kid backstage to let him have a chance to meet the wrestlers and all that kind of stuff. But Well, speaking of the kids, um, well, we're going to get to – well, that one was uh, the MFTK with MJD – or MJD. No, not MJD. <laughs> with MJF. Yes. Uh, man, F them kids. Um, th- this one's not that, but it does feel like, man, F them ratings um, in the name of money. That is, of course, the Live Golf Series, which debuted on the CW last week. Ratings were abysmal. Less than 300,000 viewers in 26 markets tuned in on the CW last week. But the network and the league pushed back. They claimed it actually drew $3.2 million, or excuse me, million viewers for the event when you factor in streaming. Are we buying, John, that that was the case? I mean, I will say this. I will say this. My one, like, second JJ LaSelva shout out of the show. JJ used to stream it just for the bit on YouTube. He would watch live and. He said when he heard about the CW deal, he was like, why would they do that? Just like push your YouTube stream, try to monetize that. Um, You'll get more viewers that way. And so do we buy that? Do we consider YouTube views? And also, let's be real, this is an organization that morality has come into question Hmm. with regards to some of the uh, numbers and cents involved. Yeah, I'm not putting I'm not putting a lot of emphasis on 3.2 million people. I, I don't believe that one bit truthfully that 3.2 million people watch this tournament the 3.2 million people don't even watch some nba games right right and i mean that would they're be, gonna watch this upstart golf league that would be significantly outdrawing what the pga did even to for these past couple of tournaments uh, i don't foresee that being the case at the end of the day here uh with all due respect to the competitors who are involved with live golf even though i'm don't really feel like I need to, given how much money they're walking away with from competing in these events. But hey, you do you, boy. Um, I, I think, Mia, that this is going to be something we're going to be hearing a lot of. Uh, no, things are things are going really well. Really Pay no well. attention to that man behind the curtain. Right, exactly. Uh, because, look, they got to sell their product. And do they owe it to anybody to be truthful? No, they're a private company. They can say whatever the hell they want to say at the end of the day here. Uh, it, it is somewhat fascinating to see if there's any leverage. I mean, live golf did get a major win this past week when they ruled that the live golf players are going to be able to play in all four majors, which is going to be something to follow because what happens if a live golf player does win the match? Oh, it's very, it's very possible. It's very possible. And it's very because possible. Cam right? Smith is still the number four golfer in the world. Right. I mean, so, he won two major. He won a major in the play, players championship last year. It's absolutely so, possible. It's and totally anything, possible. I mean, Dustin Johnson is playing on the live tour for crying out loud. Right. So it's one of those circumstances where Liv probably wants to get out a little further ahead here. And then you start adding to your street cred saying, we know it's going to come. Our guys are going to win these majors. It's going to happen. 
that will draw the eyes. And I think that's part of the plan. I really do. I think part of the plan is having these guys win the majors and be like, yeah, see, look what we're doing over here. Just feels like such a dirty situation all around. Oh, 100%. Um, Especially if you've watched Full Swing, the new Netflix show. Um, So obviously it was supposed to take you behind the scenes of the PGA Tour, but they picked a hell of a year to start it um, because obviously it's the year that the Live Golf series debuted. Um, Here are some of the names of guys on the Live Golf uh, Tour that have won money. Um, Again, you make upfront money. Like that's part of the drama in case you're just joining us and you're unfamiliar with Live Golf. Um, Part of the drama is just to enter a PGA Tour event, like you don't get money. You have to make the cut Mm -hmm. and then you have to finish at a certain point to earn certain amounts of monetary value. Otherwise, that means you go two days, you have to fly yourself out there, you got to pay your coach, you got to pay your team to get to the tournament and you may walk away with $0. And so that guaranteed money is kind of the basis of why Live Golf And I'm all about that. I'm all about guaranteed money. That's great. Right. So here are some of the names that are on the tour. Um, so we'll begin with some heavy hitters. I mentioned Cam Smith, Bryson DeChambeau. Matthew Wolf was a guy who was really up and coming in the sport and then also left for live. So I'll be curious to see what happens with his career. Yoki Neiman falls into that same category. Dustin Johnson. Patrick Reed played an event as well. So he's also on this list. Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson, of course, probably the most noteworthy next to Brooks Kepka. Um, remember when him and Bryson had beef? Well, now they both play on the live tour. Um, some other names too. Um, pa- Paul Casey, um, Pat Perez, uh, you know, uh, it looks, I mean, Brooks, uh, Brooks Sebastian Kepka. Munoz. Where's my, where's my boy Ian Poulter? Has he really not made that much money? Brooks Kepka is Bubba Watson, Lee Westwood, Louis Ustisen. Brooks Kepka is know. consistently one of the most competitive players in golf and is always in the final few on any major. So again, leverage will come into play here, Mia, at right. the end of the day. And like, it was super fascinating. That's why I encourage you to go watch the full swing on Netflix. Like they, not to spoil it, but like they take you behind the scenes of like some of these guys who are on the tail end of their career. And so they're like, I'm sick and tired. I get it. Right. And I have like, I have four kids. Like I want to pay for them. But then you also have guys like Brooks who are so uber competitive and maybe you, they hit a lull like he did in 2021 to 2022. And he decided, well, screw it. I'll just go make money. Well, there was another tournament going on this weekend. This is how we wrap out of bounds. And that was the Arnold Palmer Invitational. One of my favorite tournaments uh, in all of golf, quite frankly. Uh, Kirk Kitayama won it. But that's great. That's awesome. Hey, yeah, listen, he fended off the likes of Rory McIlroy, no, Jordan no Spies. Good for no a doubt. young gun. We love awesome. a good young kid story. Scotty Scheffler was still top 10. Yeah. Continue. That's not what we're talking about. Okay. We're talking about Arnold Palmer's. Mm-hmm. This delicious drink, iced tea lemonade. It begs the question, Mia, mm-hmm. to honor his legacy. Yes. Where does an Arnold Palmer rank on your unofficial Mo Brian drink rankings? Like non-alcoholic? It can be alcoholic. It can be non-alcoholic. I, I, we like a good spiked Arnold Palmer. We, it can be t- so I've been trying to drink more water. I mean, but sure, if you take, but we're not, if take, you, we're not yeah. kind of water here. Come on. Right, right. So water. if you take water out. Yeah, if there's a drink I'm going to order and it's, you know, like if I'm going to order a drink, like, I mean, if I'm at a restaurant, like I want to try their fancy, like whatever their signature drink is, as too many people know, that's like how I am. Like, I love to ask, like, what's your signature meal or signature drink? And I order that. Um, 
But yeah, no, Arnold Palmer, uh, when I was at Ithaca College, we started with an Ithaca reference. We're going to end with one. Uh, Rogan's Deli, Bomber Subs. You heard a lot about that for four years, John. Uh, it's a chicken parm crossed with a cheesesteak, a uh, heart attack waiting to happen. And the I would always get a Bomber Sub, and then I would get an Arnold Palmer, one of the cans. I think that's part of why Arnold Palmer is so high up my list, is I love the cans, and I love that you can do peach, and then you can do... Um, like there's a thing, there's a cherry well, a peach, one. There. A peach would not be inherently an Arnold Palmer. But it's a cheech. It's a cheech. It's a peach Arnold Palmer in a can. Like it's Arnold Palmer brand. It's half tea, half lemonade. But it's a peach tea. Uh huh. I mean, look, I'm all about that. I'm big on the Arnold Palmer, big time on the Arnold Palmer. If I'm drinking a sweet drink, there's a good chance that it might be an Arnold Palmer. I'm putting an Arnold Palmer probably in my top two. Soft drinks, if I were well, to part of it too for me is like my family growing up. Palmer as we speak. Oh, oh look at from you. Our savior, Wawa. Yeah, remember when you made me chug the iced tea from Wawa? That was fun a couple months ago. You could ago. have picked the iced tea lemonade combination. Yeah, really peach tea. Uh, growing up too, my parents, we always had a pitcher of lemonade and a pitcher of iced tea growing up. I just wish I had seen the light sooner and I had combined the two and just made Arnold Palmer's. I did by the time I got to like a sophomore or junior year of high school, but like as a young middle schooler, I didn't realize the joy that it would bring. I'll tell you where you want to know where the spiked Arnold Palmer's really hit. I'm going to give you, cause I know you like going to the beach up there in Duval. Mm-hmm. You go, you get those packages of the spiked Arnold Palmer's that you can buy. Mm-hmm. The, the Arnold Palmer brand. You bring those out on the beach. They'll go down like juice. It's amazing amazing on a hot beach day a nice ap that's where it is at i'm all i agree i'm always down for lemonade or iced tea and so why not put them and then i think it's worth mentioning the iconic this is sports center commercial or on a palmer's there in the espn cafeteria and there is a picture of lemonade a picture of iced tea and he gets a little bit of both and everyone is intently staring and they just say wow great well what else is in your mount rushmore then uh i'm putting it all palmer um again if we're talking like soft drinks and stuff yes soft drinks i i would individually okay so i do love regular lemonade i love a good strawberry or raspberry lemonade Mm -hmm. i'm putting that in there 100 percent I'm not a big soda drinker, honestly, mm-hmm. not a big soda drinker. Every now and then I crave a soda. And like, I know this is like super trashy, but like if I'm craving a soda, it's probably going to be like a Mountain Dew. Like, oh. like, just, I'm just like craving it and I'm just going to drink it. Uh, if I do, if I'm craving one, I'll go grab a Diet Mountain Dew to not take in 45 grams of sugar while I'm drinking it. Uh, and yeah, I, I think I think I'd probably throw like a standard lemonade in there to round Interesting. Out. What about um, you? Arnold Palmer. I got put sweet tea in there. Come on. I was yeah. putting sweet tea in there. I was putting that was my that was my number two in the snake draft. Um, yeah, so the Arnold Palmer peach variety, um, followed by sweet tea, followed by cherry coke, followed by this one's a tough one. I'm gonna throw you for a big loop. Hawaiian punch. Slash high C. You are seven, huh? I am seven years old. I'm a kid. Wow. Hawaiian punch. I haven't had Hawaiian punch in probably 20 plus years, but I just I, love when you go to the Coca-Cola machine now and like how you can like pick your flavor. Yeah, 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 you course. can press Hawaiian punch or you can press high C and then you can pick the, the flavor. Individual flavors. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, but like you even saying Hawaiian punch, like I tasted that viscerally in the back of my tongue. I was like, whoa, okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. That is a great way to wrap out of bounds here on the Know Your News Network. We appreciate all you tuning in. Make sure you tune in next Monday as we enter daylight savings time. I'm glad you didn't get a nosebleed. That's a Yeah, we made it. Woo! Made it. Uh, I got a nosebleed about five minutes after making my commencement speech at my college graduation. So thank goodness that didn't happen. I was prepared to go viral. You were almost ready to go viral today. So I didn't pass out either. Nope, you didn't pass out. This has been Out of Bounds. We'll see you next time right here on Know Your News. Roses are red. Violets are blue. I click the subscribe button. You really should, too. If you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.